Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. <sighs> the only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Hello, my name is Dave Hanrady and there will be no encore. Welcome to episode 21 of the No Encore Music Podcast. I'm joined this week by Craig. Hanalise Murphy. Happy sailing. Thanks, man. <laughs> I did well, didn't I? Yeah, you did. Thanks. And Colm Regan's also Genius. in the house. What's up, man? Colm, you brought an old school friend with you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Bumped into him on the road. Um, it's been a few years since we've caught up. Uh, yes. It's yeah. Toby Carr. Hello. Ow, ow. What a place to do it as well. I know. <laughs> they right? only ever speak on mic on to each other. Yeah. Well, I hope this goes okay. I mean, is there any kind of bad blood here? I don't though? think we've got beef. No, 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 no. no. We're all uh, good. Not, nothing that's happened in the past six years. No. Toby and I used to drink before going back to school at lunchtime and shit. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's mainly happy memories, really. <laughs> wasted youth. Real men literally <laughs> wasted. Uh, when Toby's not bunking off school to go drinking with Cullum Regan, he makes music that sounds like this. So that's, uh, that's off your most recent EP, Toby. What went into that track? Tell us. Tell us the emotion behind it all. Uh, no emotion whatsoever. Uh, art Ensemble of Chicago samples. Um, I think some ambience from, like, Ethiopia. Um, the rest I just did myself. The rest was pure emotion, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of pure emotion, Colm, you laughed your head off at Louis C.K. Yeah, although I'm going to tell you what I told uh, the people at Hot Press. Uh, yeah, it was funny, and no, I'm not going to review it. Because reviewing a comedy gig is just like, well, there were some funny bits, and then there were some bits that were less funny, but yeah. it was mainly, mainly funny. I guess you have to ride around and just chat about the comedian. Yeah. Um, was he doing that, like, American thing where he, like, tests all this stuff for a European audience? No, 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 no. no. It was a proper, proper <laughs> performance. Didn't go topical or try and, you know, get in a few Irish No, nope, not too much of that either, no. That's kind of good. Yeah, I, I saw Hannibal Burress, and he made a joke about who named the Temple Bar area. Is it named after a bar and the entire place was dead? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. named after the Temple family and he just ignored it. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like death. Yeah, doing local hack material is always a good way to get yourself in trouble. But no, there was none of that, so yeah, it was 
Good night. Yeah, I heard. I heard good things. I heard he played for a very short period of time. But is that no? I I'd, I'd, I'd heard that from someone. Yeah, now he played for I'd say seventy five, eighty minutes, which by comedy standards is pretty much a full show. Sure. Like, so, yeah. yeah. All right. Good stuff. Well, that information did come from uh, Sean Conroy. We have to give a shout out to Sean Conroy Photography. He took our photographs last week. Mm-hmm. He did, yeah. For, made us for, uh, for the podcast, which is an audio medium. We're we doing thought a nude spread. We, so. <laughs> we thought we should have the odd photograph. I guess to remember this boy. Mm-hmm. But uh, he made us feel <laughs> very comfortable. When eventually falls apart in you know five episodes time. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we can look back as like one of us can throw one of those photographs into the fire late at night while a really wistful song it plays. Been, yeah, as we drink whiskey and yeah. Yeah, perfect. But uh, yeah, um, he, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of getting my photograph taken. Uh, Cullum is... He, yeah, he is. Actually. I am the biggest fan of getting my photograph taken. Staring down that camera. Did you turn up with like your eyebrows uh, threaded and stuff? I didn't turn up with that. I had that done on site. Yeah, of course, I mean, yeah. Like Terry Richards. The team were waiting for him. He's a natural though, because Cullum has had to pose for Hot Press's photographer for the last year or so as as a tester. More about two years, yeah. So we've just seen Cullum be able to just go into pout mode straight away. It was very impressive. But no, Sean did a great job. He, did. Um, he made us feel safe. He made us feel safe. Like, like he seduced a, us like with a the big, lens. big strong hug. <laughs> and he had sex uh, with us. <laughs> <laughs> we also have to say thank you to the staff at uh, Terror Records on Dawson Street because uh, they let us come in. And get involved and take photographs there. Essentially, all we did was pick up records, which people were doing anyway. That's like the textbook. Like, any person who claims they're a DJ gets a photo where they're picking out records. They're like, oh, this one's really good. (laughs) And what's that? Like, uh, Led Zeppelin 1. Craig had a Kiss album, which I really like. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I managed to get a perfect... Kind of like frame within frame, where I held the cover of DJ Shadows introducing. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. You should have held it up along the stacks. And- <laughs> but yeah, it's been a busy week. Uh, I was on another podcast. I've officially Boo. cheated on the No Encore Wait, podcast. What? Yeah, sorry. Tell us about this. Why That's would I? Cool. Cool. I'm telling terrible. you now. Okay. For added drama. What was it? The Insider Podcast, Brian Lloyd's entertainment.ie film podcast. Uh, he followed up interviewing Vigo Mortensen by interviewing me. Wow. That's how it goes. Which do you think was a more difficult interview? Dave it's got to be Dave who yeah. was more intense like Big I was on, pretty handy I was on with uh, Mick from the Galaxy we were talking uh, how bad the summer blockbuster season has been this year it really hasn't been very good have you been to the cinema lately Toby yes I have I went to see Suicide Squad oh, what a film oh. I hear it's great and I, it, it was it was great because I finally had a chance in my life to actively boo a movie while I was <laughs> sitting there like actually shout out boo like they do in like movies about movies nice and that was great man how long were people booing yeah. or was this an empty cinema or were you just a- oh, the, sem- the cinema had a solid uh, third of a crowd so it was probably good for a suicide squad <laughs> showing you know? what yeah. was it that led you to boo like when did you start um Oh, anything with Will Smith in it like everyone else was like oh we're crazy bad guys and this guy was actually trying to be portrayed as like a good guy trying to do right even though right. he's like a hired killer and then his daughter goes to him uh, daddy why do you kill people <laughs> <laughs> at which point you booed yeah yeah <laughs> because like shut up little girl <laughs> he's the world's deadliest assassin but he won't kill women or children mm. okay yeah. okay movie so you weren't booing because there wasn't enough Jared Leto you're just like, he's being criminally underused in this. He's I, a I genius. Was, I was actually booing for everything. That fire guy who looked to be the most interesting guy was like an absolute like turd. He was the most <laughs> generic, boring guy. And at one point he spells the word sorry out of fire. Which forgot is, about that. Which is astonishing. That's so bad. I don't think you can actually do that if you can throw fire from your hands, like spell words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the next but, level of skill. Yeah. I mean, but you'd like, just be happy with the fire, wouldn't you? Just yeah, it's like dynamo level of uh, <laughs> dynamo. Yeah, it's like telekinesis and fire throwing, isn't it? Yeah, it's not Quite a good, combination. It's not a good movie, no. It's not. Yeah. Anyway, we've talked about CSO Squad for the past few weeks. If you're just tuning in and thinking, <laughs> well, this is a callback, isn't it? I also um, posed with a cover of Empire Magazine with Suicide Squad on the cover in, in said For photos. no reason whatsoever. I thought while, they, while they we're, funny. While we're doing throwbacks, though, and callbacks, we have to um, give props to Dave Higgins, who mm. last week... Uh, showed off mad prediction skills when we were talking about the new Green Day song which had been out a matter of hours and he said oh I can picture it now their next tour Donald Trump with X's over his eyes on the big screen and sure enough uh, Billy Joe Armstrong has been waxing lyrical about uh, the US presidential candidate this week he has and he's compared Donald Trump to 
Hitler. Very <laughs> because, original. you know, Green Day are the, you know, YouTube comment section of bands, apparently. Um, he's been talking about politics as he does every time he comes back with a record. He says the worst problem he says about Trump is who his followers are. Um, he actually feels bad for them, apparently, because they're poor working class people who can't get a leg up. And Billy Joe, of course, represents all of those people and sings for those people on his pretty shitty pop punk albums. Um, yeah, so really... The Hitler thing, I don't know, is it, is it, it's not really too original. Well, he definitely thought for at least two minutes about that one before he yeah, came yeah. out with this. It's I not mean, a like, huge level of insight. To, to give him the benefit there for just a couple of seconds, I'll say this. Yeah, okay, Trump absolutely, had, not to get political here, but like Trump definitely has preyed on people's fear and possibly ignorance and is using that to amass his current power, which we all hope will just never go anywhere. Hugely, yeah. But at the same time, like, like this is classic Green Day have a new album coming out. Like, it's just, it's so... Oh, you know, there's not enough protest music anymore. There's not enough rock and roll. Whatever happened to guitars, man? It's just like like he's clearly he's taking all these boxes. And Donald Trump just happens to be the face that will fit this at the moment. It should be said that yeah. I watched the ex the ex covered face that will fit this at the moment. I watched a pole vaulter at the Olympics last week compare competing there against a Brazilian guy to being like Hitler's Olympics in 1936. So clearly, those com- wow. comparisons are just in vogue this week. <laughs> um, I was far more amused by him trying to sort of draw the the artistic inspiration from the album and draw a parallel to what's happening now where he said, you know, songs like Bang Bang and Say Goodbye went from metaphor to literal as though they were delicate fucking metaphors in the first place. Yeah, and I think this also backs up Dave's points that like he's, he was saying, you know, these songs have been ri- had been written already before all of this stuff. So he's just writing vaguely political sounding songs. Where he, goes, and then, he goes, that's the part that was tripping me out. It was almost kind of like predicting the future. Yeah. <laughs> Like Mystic Maggie Joe Armstrong or something like, that. <laughs> like fuck off! Like that's that's yeah, so prescient. so yeah. bad. Like the Billy Joe Armstrong is forty four years of age. Yeah, I know. Stop. It's a bit more. Really should know better. I don't know if he's being cynical though. He clearly just thinks this is the role for me, and I should be saying something. And you know, I don't. He doesn't seem like a cynical bloke, but it's just I don't think he's adding anything to the conversation. No, but I, I think he. You know, that's worse though, isn't it? He yeah. believes that he's like you know he's part of this kind of like we need to hear Billy Joe Armstrong like come back and save us or something Are you, were you ever Green Day guy Toby um, yeah a bit when I was young but sure. uh, I think all these I don't I don't think it's exclusive to Green Day you're hearing every person stick their uh, voice in like it it reminds me of uh like when ASAP Rocky said that he he uh, didn't have anything to say about Black Lives Matter, it's almost like if you don't get like you know kind of like become a couch politician or a couch political communi- yeah. co- commentator about this stuff, it's almost seen as a bad thing, and everyone has to have this throwaway, like that Donald Trump is Hitler, which is it, yeah. And I suppose tired. you know if you're Billy Joe and you're going into an interview, they're going to ask you about it anyway. So yeah. what's he going to say? Just not comment. I guess the one- that is the flip side. It's a question that's always coming. Yeah, the one difference is that. I mean, I can imagine that there are people um, who who look towards someone like ASAP Rocky as, you know, a current voice and actually care what he says. Like, who conceivably is looking towards Billy Joe Armstrong now going like, oh, he's going to speak for me? Is he morphing into Bono? Is that the ultimate endgame for him? Ooh, yeah. Saints really might be coming, is it? Um, (laughs) Oh, there we go. Yeah. (laughs) Took me half a second to remember the name of their song, but I got there, guys. I'm so glad that you did. (laughs) Thanks. It's because it's in my head now. And while we speak of uh, bands whose yeah better days probably long gone, uh, Billy Corgan <laughs> has teased that a Smashing Pumpkins reunion might be on the cards. Um, he's basically been back in contact with uh, Darcy Retsky, um, having been pretty much out of contact for an awfully long time. Uh, obviously, Jimmy Chamberlain's back behind the drum kit, and uh, James Eha was reunited with the band recently. I mean... First of all, do we think it's going to happen? And secondly, do we really care? Do I have I ever talked about when I saw the Smash Pumpkins in two thousand and eight? In the I don't believe you have on the podcast when it was that. Uh, I think I saw that tour as well. Really, uh, yeah. they were supported by your man from JJ Seventy Two's other band that went nowhere, Concerto no. for Constantine. I think they were called. Yeah, yeah, you can check that. But I got oh, fantastic! Rolls off the tongue. I mean, like I when I got there, like I got a, uh, I got into the pit and I was like, this is gonna be the best night of my life. I was like, this is gonna be um, all these songs that I grew up loving. Like it's gonna be incredible. Yeah. And Jimmy Chamberlain's yeah. there. Like the reason I fucking poor poor child picked up a set of drumsticks in the first place. <laughs> is going to be incredible yeah. worst gig I've ever been to two and a half hours of pure self-indulgence like yeah. jamming session yeah. we, you were there we, Toby and I caught Smashing Pumpkins in Belgium That's in 2006 oh, was that the, yeah it was 2006, 2006. Okay, that we yeah. saw them yeah. yeah and it was 
I mean, self-indulgence. It sounded like Billy jo- or Billy Corgan, Billy Joe Corgan, <laughs> uh, like Billy Corgan had sort of hired session musicians for his own amusement. Yeah. Um, did, he na- was- did he name them on stage? Because he never named anyone except for Jimmy Chamberlain. There's three other musicians and he never, like there's Ginger Rogers on bass and there's a couple of other guys and they, he didn't once even acknowledge them. To or, be honest, uh, I can't remember if he introduced them or not. I just remember at times thinking that like he's only short of like a whip to crack here. <laughs> He played, he, played like the hits, he played the hits really fast because he resented having to play them. Uh, changed, I've seen that a bunch. Changed his guitar after every track. Like, he had like a rack of guitars and was just like, give me another one. He also led like a big cheer for himself uh, at one point, like halfway. <laughs> like, like, so, like, literally had the, like, had the, like, beckoned the crowd to cheer him and he was like, yeah, guys! And he, and he started saying stuff like, he goes, uh, he's like, no fucking Pro Tools up here. He's like, uh, he goes, we, oh. he's like, we crawled out of the 90s. And then I was just like, this is, I, I can't handle this anymore. And then he goes, I'm looking for an Irish wife, Corgan, it's Irish. And I was like, this is just... Did he say it that slowly as well? Pretty much, yeah, like dragging it out. And he everyone should not do like, comedy here. Really shouldn't. No, he shouldn't do Louis C.K. and play the three arena. But uh, no, I mean, I have to say, I, I, it was just awful. It was terrible. Uh, even if, what, you get James and Darcy back in the band, it's over. You know, like, like, like this is like, it's just, he should have been touring under not like a different name. If he had been touring under a different name for like the last 10 years, sell less tickets, of course, but then this came along, he might be like, okay, curiosity value, every now and then it can work. Pixies, when they played the Olympia, uh, doing like Doolittle, that was great. Sure. But yeah. also they were sticking to a very fucking brilliant script there. But I just feel like for the most part, reunion gigs tend to just always be a disappointment. Yeah, I mean, it depends if the band itself really means anything anymore. And like you say, the fact that he's toured as Smashing Pumpkins with whatever assortment of individuals around him, that's just devalued yeah. the band and the name to such an extent that now you see this and you're like, eh. And it was, you know, the case of the band, I think we've talked about this before, it was probably when Darcy said something might happen and we weren't really believing her, but just even when they were that original lineup, they always seemed like second rate compared to him in terms of the way they were treated. He just seemed very dismissive of them. They never seemed like a united kind of, oh, we're a gang, so, you know, we really mean something together. It was always just Billy, maybe Jimmy, and then whoever else was hanging around, wasn't it? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like, I guess it's always felt that way. I mean, like, I, I'd love to meet the guy, though, one day, just to be like, just to see if he would actually introduce himself with Billy Corgan Smashing Pumpkins. And I could be like Dave Hanready smiling politely. I'd love yeah. to do that. That'd be great. And actually, like, do you think he'd be a good interview? Yeah, he's great. He's really entertaining, I think. He'd be entertaining, yeah. And he's actually he quite... He wouldn't necessarily answer the questions that you've asked. He's all over the place, yeah. <laughs> but, but sometimes when you see him in kind of longer, you know, form stuff, he is quite interesting. Like, he's quite insightful, but he's just all over the place. But he seems to be a bit of a figure of fun, uh, like, or at his own expense, for whatever yeah. reason. I don't, he's a smart guy. He's got interesting things to say. I'd rather listen to him than Billy Joe. He's example. also the new president of uh, Impact Wrestling, TNA, the long-running... Uh, somewhat rival to the juggernaut that is WWE. And yeah, he's taken over, so he's now controlling his own wrestling federation once again. So that's good news for anyone who was really curious about what Billy Corgan was up to, or for anyone who's playing bingo at home. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Elsewhere this week, uh, in news that Dave is headed with, world continues to burn. Uh, Justin Timberlake, or Justin Bieber even. Timberlake on the brain at all times with you. Deleted his Instagram. I'm very upset about this. As someone who doesn't use Instagram and couldn't care less, it's tough. Yep. Well, see, I only just realised how much of a thing Instagram is, to be perfectly Yeah, I've never honest. used it. I just see yeah. it occasionally. People do it professionally it. now? Yeah. Yeah, I have, a, I have a friend from England who's trying to become an Instagram model. He just takes photos outside his house of him dressed head to toe in black Adidas. Yeah. He's not going anywhere, I mean, you know. But <laughs> also, I in mean, life like, or just in the photos? <laughs> just in the photos and in, right. in his profession. <laughs> okay. Like, he's standing still in the photos as well. But uh, it, it seems to be a, a huge industry, so to crack it requires oh, a lot wow. more than 100 likes. Since I found this out as well, though, I, I think I've at least cracked one of the secrets where your success on Instagram is uh, in inverse proportion to the amount of colors that you use in a photo. Yep. Yep. So or or the uh, the um, it's in inverse pro- um, inverse proportion to the amount of implicit meaning in anything. If you have something abstract, like I put my hat on the table, you take a picture of that. People just love that. They they can ascribe their own value to it. You just take a picture of your hand. People lose their shit. You know that's kind of wow. And Such God bless if you get a Chanel handbag, it's yeah. going to blow up. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Bieber, it seems, has been more troubled about uh, his ex. Yeah, well, he did threaten this, didn't he? Um, 
Apparently. Well, apparently, yeah, he's he did say he would leave it because his current girlfriend, apparently Sophie Ritchie, apparently, I don't know who she is. Daughter of Lionel Ritchie. Oh, is it? Yeah. Like Whoa. Nicole Ritchie's sister. Yeah. Really? So, yeah. Oh, my God. That would be the best Christmas ever. Wouldn't it be? <laughs> Imagine, like, here's Lionel Ritchie, here's just me with the They're going to sing song at the, yeah, piano. Gonna, at the piano. I'm going to join in and sing along with these guys. Imagine <laughs> Ritchie's ju- Christmas jumper. It'd be amazing as well. His own face on it, Big probably. log fire in the back. It'd be great. Yeah. Um, yeah, but she was getting stick, I think, on Instagram. And he was like, I'm leaving. Yeah, like, um, she's getting really nasty abuse. She's, like, 17 years of age, and all these fucking Psycho Justin Bieber fans were just like, how dare you? Like, he should be with Selena Gomez. And then Selena Gomez piped in at one point, and there was this yeah, whole back and forth too, yeah, they got into a bit of a squabble. Um, so I think he did the kind of mature thing. I he think. basically said, you know, if you kids can't control this, we're going to turn the car around. And yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I think he's growing up, Justin Bieber. I say for, fair play to him. He's a long way from abandoning monkeys at uh, German customs, for he sure. Is. But this, uh, this spawned a giant hashtag Justin Bieber deactivated party. It's a very unwieldy hashtag. I mean, that, it is the, a little. It really doesn't give you much it? to play with. It makes it sound characters. like Justin Bieber's a robot who's hashtag been shut down. Justin Bieber <laughs> deactivated parties uh, underway on Twitter, where stopped. hordes of genuinely terrifying fans have been gathering to vent their anger at this betrayal. Some of the some of the quotes are incredible. Uh, you'd think Justin would choose his believers and then block capitals who got him where he is today over some girl he recently met. <laughs> Uh, That's a great. The ending of that one is just beautiful, isn't it? Some girl he recently met, uh, probably sh- talks to occasionally. <laughs> Maybe they've kissed. He no. chose to cut off fans who have stood by him for three years for a girl he's known for three weeks. I have no words. Several emojis follow, and that ubiquitous hashtag. The thing is, like, how much does Justin Bieber actually see of this shit? I assume those notifications are turned off, otherwise that phone's probably literally going to explode. Precisely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and so, like, has he been checking back in every now and then? Do you check your ads, Toby? Um, I don't really get that many ads anymore. Really? So it's easy to check them, yeah. Tell you what. Sorry, I was supposed to lean in, wasn't I? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, hit, hit Toby up on his social media and change don't, that. Don't, <laughs> turn don't, him in, don't do that. Turn I, him I into used, a social media sensation. I used to, I used to, I used to uh, go ham on social media and I kind of stopped. I switched to Snapchat for a while. I reviewed energy drinks. Uh, <laughs> really? But, yeah, but then I recently wound down on doing it all. It's it's a it's it's a it's a hollow achievement. Did you stop? <laughs> <laughs> but you a, stop an achievement just, nonetheless. Yeah, Conor McGregor was throwing cans of monster at you, <laughs> like he did to Nate Diaz yesterday. He threw cans of monster. Oh, it was hilarious! Said, yeah, at a press conference, the carb-free one or the Diaz full started throwing like bottles of water and yeah. Uh, yeah Conor from McGregor. afar, from the other side of the room, because he didn't show up to his own press conference. And McGregor was covering himself in glory as usual by saying stuff like, he's like, you don't do fucking nothing. You do fucking nothing, so you will. And then like, it was just like a, like a bottle got thrown at him and he got up and started hurling them. As Dana White was like, come on, Cara, no. It was like, this is either really, really staged or just really embarrassing. Even better the next day, uh, he said it was uh, in self-defense. As though in martial <laughs> arts, yeah, you yeah. were taught the self-defense of if someone throws a water bottle at you from 40 feet... Try to find a kind of monster to throw back. Well, at you're them. supposed to have a few tucked into your belt. That's the thing. At all times, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It makes the Aikido part difficult. But Jesus, I have some, I'm very, very curious there. here. What were your energy drink findings? Um, what was your scale? Like, how, how did you? Well, the best energy drink I ever drank was Relentless Tropical Juice, which you can't get in Ireland because it's fifty percent orange juice and then fifty percent energy drink with all the caffeine. So sounds relentless. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then some of them have like more coconut flavor. Some of them like have a, like a hot, like a hollow battery acid twang. It depends on where you're shopping for, for them. Asian markets are a really good uh, place to get weird ones, like a uh, coffee flavored ones that aren't coffee. It's like coffee flavored energy drink, which I is like the coconut. Well, it's gross. Know? Nah, I'm kind of. But those those, those days are water nice. Yeah, man, I can't even drink two cups of coffee at the moment. You know, well, I could, but yeah. well, if you're looking for a kick. <laughs> we got just the man for you. It's Craig. Attention, everyone. One, one. Shut up. Craig on Kanye. Justin Bieber was really missing from that famous video, wasn't he? Can you think of all those faces? Perhaps. Wouldn't yeah. it be nice to see the Biebs in there? Maybe he's a bit too baby-faced, though. I don't know, would it have been a bit creepy? Like, what are you getting at like here? He could kid. have, like, curled up at the bottom of the bed like a cat. <laughs> yeah, he could have. That would have been amazing. Um, <laughs> German auteur filmmaker... Werner Her- Herzog um, didn't seem to have any problem with the video whatsoever. In fact, he seems to be one of the only people that uh, genuinely liked it. Uh, he's analysed it online um, and he says, this is very good stuff. 
So he's the first person to like this video, I think. He's also the first person to call Kanye West Kane West in about 10 years. There's actually um, an artist called Kane West as well. Is there? Yeah, okay, he's so on PC Music. Entirely unrelated. But he says, no, he says it's, he likes this thing of doppelgangers and, you know, the self you have online and then when you're a celebrity and your real self. And he sees a lot of stuff going on in this video of just kind of naked people lying there for an interminable amount of time. Um, but he says, no, if you apply to my rogue uh, film school, this film, I would invite him because I've never seen anything like this. And it really has caliber. Um, he also said he likes cat videos online as well, though. So that's kind of the gauge we're going for. It's uh, a reflection of the self. It and is. the idealized self. <laughs> is it? Yeah, it's so the Instagram thing. We're all, we're, all, we're all putting up fake versions of ourselves. Kanye has shown us the way. If Werner Herzog is convinced... Then I think the rest of the world will follow suit. Okay. Surely, Madame Two Swords did all of this years ago. Like, that's all. You know, it's, it's they didn't have a German expressionist filmmaker providing commentary, <laughs> did they? Maybe they should. <laughs> they should have. Anything else this week? In a smell of vice article. <laughs> well, Adele's On not doing the, Adele isn't doing the Super Bowl, but Kanye might be. There was a change.org position uh, petition put up. Uh, when Time reported on it, there was eight hundred and sixty-three. Um, signatures I think so maybe not going so well but I think he would, would be a shoe in now I think he'd be a terrible fit for it I really? Mean, well because Glastonbury was the perfect example of how Kanye kind of performs for himself and for his hardcore rather than the casual fan the Super Bowl is absolutely only about the casual fan I think if he had like that 13 minutes or whatever it is though, he'd probably and being an American doing uh, the Super do, Bowl he'd do he'd some weird esoteric stuff and, yeah get Werner up and yeah, <laughs> do something yeah. mental and <laughs> him and Werner Hertz <laughs> yeah. that would be it and that's it for Craig on Kanye thanks Craig <coughs> back on the front lines next week cool even watching the Olympics has it been good of course yeah it's been alright um, got about as much insight as uh, Vince Staples. Did you hear my boy this week? Yeah, amazing. Listen stuff. to a little bit of this. Hi, my name is Vincent Staples, and this is me reviewing every fucking thing. Table tennis is not a lesson in Olympic sport. Forrest Gump was a table tennis champion, and he's one of the greatest Olympians we've ever had in this world. So, table tennis, you know, is going to be here forever. This looks harder than real tennis. He didn't score right there. He knew that wasn't a good flick of the wrist. Jersey's kind of fly. Looks very focused. It's a very German face to have. Yeah, he, he might have won that match. I know the juice when I see the juice. That's the juice. Yeah, that's some Lance Armstrong shit. That's something in the system, because it's just badminton, bro. It moves too slow for you to have that much passion. Braiding the horse's hair is an Olympic sport. Fuck these grown-ass people trying to ride these horses. Why is he wearing a top hat? That looks like it hurts. I'm not really a fan of this male gymnastics. Trying to jump hard as fucking you can. There's no grace in that. You need grace to do these things. We have to stop playing women's sports. We are not creative enough. They make us look stupid. They're smarter than us. She look like she's mean, though. I don't talk to her about how nice you are because she'll let you know that your little handspring is trash. I don't really have nothing to say about nothing. Y'all just ask me to do this shit. Yeah, I'm not sure if I'm with Vince Staples on uh, men's gymnastics, although I have to agree that seeing how our guy got on, maybe he might be onto something. Yeah, I think he might be. Um, he is great at reviewing stuff, it has to be said. Um, I don't know, Vince has a kind of sideways take on this whole thing, but I, uh, I'm in agreement. Apart from the scandals, every time I've put it on, it's just been boring guys just cancelling each other out on mats. So, yeah. What sport is that? I don't know, judo Wrestling or something? Judo, <laughs> judo, I'm guessing. <laughs> judo or something. <laughs> They're uh, in pyjamas. It's coming to an end now. By the time this podcast comes out, it'll be over. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Colm, you know, are you are you ready to let it go? This has been a very exciting two weeks for you, but basically been <laughs> absconding from the office into various bars at various times of the day under the name of work. I was going to say, yeah, at the same time, yeah, I'm going to stop drinking at lunchtime and arrive to work in time in the morning. So <laughs> there are going to be positives to the Olympics ending as well. So, you know. You take the rough with the smooth, I guess. What's your favourite Olympic sport? Mine? Mm-hmm. Uh, I was watching the women's uh, modern pentathlon before I came here. That's fucked up, man. It's a great sport, though. It's weird. Like, yeah, they're fucking fencing at each other. Yeah. That's fucking... At well, wait, till tomor- <laughs> wait till tomorrow and the actual, like, day proper. And yeah. Th- yeah, they have to ride a horse that they've never ridden before. Oh, I know that feeling. <laughs> well, let's move on. That wasn't innuendo. I've never ridden a horse. I've, no. I only rode a horse once and it was a horse I didn't know. But like, I would like if they did the pentathlon like continuously one after another. Like they get out of a pool and immediately have to start riding oh, a horse. Straight and, away. Yeah, yeah. 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 That would be, be tight. We had a survey come out this week. Well, we didn't that, do it. You know. Yeah. It doesn't come as a surprise to us cheerful chaps and that going to (laughs) gigs makes you happier. It was... uh, Never been to Mumford & Sons. Um. Yeah, it was done in Australia and they've basically come up that, uh, yeah, if 
you engage with music by dancing or attending musical events. Uh, you've got higher well-being than those who didn't do that. This is like one of those studies that's really uh, makes you question the value of academic research, doesn't it? Yeah, Big time, isn't what's it? the point it's of this? Like, like hey, someone went to one gig and was like, I could actually do an entire study about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. First and, and what's ever. more, it, it's kind of come to the conclusion that like, if you go out and enjoy yourself, that makes you happy <laughs> than, than the people who don't do that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, what was the control group? Like, they just told them to stay at home for three months or yeah, something? Yeah, or the control group was Dave at a festival where they just sat <laughs> down and said, right, this is what happens He's a grumpy people. He's our one guy. Yeah. Uh, I'm the Venn diagram of socially acceptable happiness at music festivals. Speaking of, Electric Picnic's coming up. You look happy. You don't look happy at all. <laughs> Colin does not look happy. I am happy. Big smile. Why are you happy? Because he's. I guess to go to electric he gets to go to picnic. Oh, yeah, sure, I'm going to electric. I'm going to interview you live, aren't I? Are you? Yeah, really. Yeah. News Ooh, to me. Really Last time I was at electric picnic, I did an interview with my mom, and she, uh, <laughs> during the interview, uh, she lied to me about going to see my gig. She actually wasn't at my gig, and I only found out while she was interviewing me. Oh my god. Nailed it, mom. Thanks. Wow. Thanks for nothing. Did she slip up or did she reveal it? She told me that she really liked my set and Arcade Fires and we were on at the same time. <laughs> oh, shit. And there's Maybe no way that woman could walk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, she did. She, she wouldn't be able to do that. She doesn't have that like beeline vision that like young festival goers do. She'd be like, I'll walk back over to that food yeah. truck and then I'll be able to see the big wheel walk there and, you know, to take her like two hours just to get to a different <laughs> stage. Well, that's tough. Yeah, that that isn't good. But look, I think we can put this happiness thing to the test this year. Craig and I aren't going. One half of the table is. And uh, listener, if you want to go to Electric Picnic and join these lads and possibly have an awkward interview with them, I don't know, it could happen. Uh, we, uh, you can win two, two, that's right, two VIP tickets to this year's Electric Picnic Festival. All you have to do is log on to headstuff.justeat.ie and order something nice and delicious to eat. That's all you got to do. This episode, this ramshackle episode, has been brought to you by Just Eat, the takeaway app. If you want to go to Electric Picnic, you know what to do. Headstuff.justeat.ie. And now it's time for some music. It is. And we start with this. It's a brand new one from Bonnie Bear. So, like, are we calling this 10 Death Breast? Are we spelling it out? One zero lowercase d, capital E A T, lowercase h. It reminds me of it reminds me of the names that used to be on MSN Messenger when you were a kid. You know. Yeah. So this is the new one from Justin Vernon. He premiered it at his own music festival in Eau Claire just over a week ago. What do we make of it? Because it's certainly a little bit of a departure from what a lot of people were expecting. Sure. Um, I mean, the way he's going with stuff, it didn't really surprise me. And, you know, he had kind of done a lot of work on James Blake's record, which we Mm -hmm. reviewed a couple of months ago at this stage. And there was a lot of experimentation on that. He's done stuff with Kanye. Kanye! Um, He likes mixing up a lot of autotune stuff. So this seemed like the next kind of logical step for him. And I think it's experimentally gets with kind of the undercurrent of the song and the bleeps and the kind of hissing and everything else he kind of brings to it and discord and stuff. It comes back to his voice and it's so distinctive. And melodically, his phrasing and things just... There's always a similarity there with stuff he's done before. So you're never too kind of at sea with what he's doing. So I think it's kind of quite anchored as well as being a bit different. Um, I love this track. Yeah. Yeah. I only listened to it yesterday. And I was. I, I never really listened to Bon Iver. I never really got it. The, I heard Skinny Love a couple of months ago. I was like, what the fuck is this? You know? <laughs> but when I listened to this, I was like, this is a guy like, you know, like the obvious, like, uh, putting him in uh, the same boat as Kanye and stuff. But someone who's actually, like, uh, pushing the limits of songwriting and stuff like that. Like, you know, I was watching, like, Box Hits or one of these channels today and, like, Every song is this tropical house shit where the video is like a tan teenager going out with his surfboard or someone like destroying an office and they're all breakdancing and it sucks, right? And it's the worst. And this dude is like, you know, 
could be like you know one like he could be fucking Mumford and Sons and stuff but he's actually pushing it and I know I say this about every second artist I like but it just reminds me of like Jeff Mangum or something like really pushing the envelope in terms of like the way that like the just the singing just like fades out out of nowhere for no reason yeah and it's like like no one else would do that and it's just jarring and it kind of it has this effect of actually sounding totally unique that I think is amazing yeah, I fully agree. I mean, like this is the more engaging of the two songs that dropped the album 22 A Million comes out next month. Something of a surprise announcement because it's been announced before that they had taken a big hiatus and that was it, but then it never really went away. So I guess I kind of expect them to come back at some point, but it is very much a short term, like here's two songs, album's out pretty soon. Cool. And, you know, I saw the reaction on social media to this track by a lot of people before I actually heard like either of them. And everyone was just kind of like fawning a bit, you know, like, and I was like, oh, so it's just going to be more of the same. But no, no, it, it's kind of going in that direction, as Toby says. And uh, what I especially like about it is that as well, that it's just quite abrupt. Like, it doesn't really kind of hang around too long. When it stops, it stops and that's it. It's just the right amount of not being conventional, but mm. also kind of has that those hooks. So, uh, so far, yeah, very intrigued. I, I, I'd be a fan of Bon Iver. I thought the last album was wonderful, so... Let's, yeah, let's do it again. Buddy. I was about to say, I think you really sounded up there time. when you said, like, you know, so far very intrigued. I don't think, no, because I don't think I've found a better first release for an album in a long while. Okay. I mean, I don't think I've heard a song and gone, okay, I can't wait to hear the 12 or 13 tracks yeah, they're going to go point, with. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, partially because it can go in so many different directions. Like, yeah. there is, as you say, that sort of base of, and I don't mean in the instrument, but as in, like, the sort of, you know, basis from which you could write relatively straightforward sort of hooky songs, as we've heard from previous Bunny yeah. Bear records. Then you've also got the bit where it could really go in, you know, just bizarre and abstract directions. So, yeah, yeah that's definitely going to be one uh, that we're looking forward to. Mm. Hopefully we'll have that reviewed on the show in a couple of weeks' time. In the meantime, there's a new one from the Pixies as well. And this one's called Talent. I met this real cool dude today Looking like Jack Palance He said I want to get through to you And help you find your talent He said that if I had a certain style The stuff would start to happen He said that soon he was going away Cause he's a major talent I can see Dave doing his uh, exacerbated sigh across the table. Maybe you want to read this one? This is not a good song. No, it's not. Uh, This sounds seconded. This sounds like a parody of a Pixie song. Something you see on SNL. Um, I mean, uh, good points first. Shouts out the actor Jack Palance. That's cool. I mean, Jack Palance, I thought, was a terrific actor. Yeah, he was. He's my example of... Wait, hang on. I thought that I thought that guy was dead for years. Like, like when you found out that he passed away, and of course he is perhaps most famously known for City Slickers and doing a one-handed push-up at the awards and possibly getting Marissa Tomei's name wrong at the Oscars. The whole conspiracy theory. I personally remember him the most from uh, Tim Burton's Batman, in which he tried to kill uh, Jack Nicholson's character, causing him to become the Joker. And if you recall, he told Jack Nicholson in that film that he was his quote her number one hugger. He had that amazing voice, that kind of wonderful kind of, you know... Yeah, he, but he's more interesting than this song. This is not good. No. I love Pixies. I think they're fucking incredible. Grew up with them. One of the best bands, like, one of my favorite bands easily. But, like, everything that they put out in the last couple of years has just been so stodgy and, like, hollow, loose. Not good. They're like, like what happened? I mean, here's the thing. When you say what happened, I mean, yeah, I, I was listening to this and, yeah, not impressed. And... Like, the lyrics, they're just cringeworthy. But then you kind of think to yourself, well, you know what? If you were to write down the lyrics to other Pixies tunes, they might be as bad. But I guess they were just <laughs> low enough in the mix or had enough else going on that you were distracted from. Them. They had an aura and a kind of madness about them. I think they just, when they came back under that name, nothing was really the same because, you know, you had Frank Black, you know, doing stuff for years and then coming back and writing, you know, solo songs under a Pixies name. It was a totally different band. It was the falling out with Kim. 
and you know when they started they were so different they were kind of unlike anything else they were like I remember someone some writer saying they were like they'd kind of stumbled out of the desert kind of mumbling in tongues and they just had this kind of real magic about them so out of that context it just seems like generic indie rock and also the songs just aren't as good I mean you say this is like a parody of a pixie song it doesn't even sound like a pixie song it's just yeah I like it's it's kind of interesting like pixies kind of strike me as going the way that as we said earlier like well well as was implied earlier that smashing pumpkins are going like both uh front men are you know uh kind of in some ways past it maybe not ability wise but definitely uh ideology wise they're past it and they're just like slowly not giving a fuck and starting to turn into something uh, really ridiculous and caricaturish of what they were. I think this song sucks, and I don't get why uh, Frank Black is singing an English accent. I um, <laughs> yeah. think it sounds like a really bad um, Gang of Four ripoff. Oh yeah, yeah. At one point, he just kind of goes, oh, "I don't know," and like none of us know. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> like halfway through, the song, he just man. gives up himself. Yeah, I know, but he's saying interesting. <laughs> he also manages losing your tongue. He also <laughs> provides the the perfect review for this own song with his last line when he says, "What a waste of talent." And it's kind of one of those things where, like, you mentioned those uh, those kind of like lyrics. You were like if you look at old Pixies lyrics, sure, yeah, they look crazy, but, like, as Craig says, there was that aura, and, like, there was just a lot more, like, oh, what's this about? And there's yeah, yeah, they are, twisted they are, imagination here, yeah. but this is just, like, oh, I, uh, it's like Stephen, it's like that Family Guy Stephen King sketch where it's like, oh, shit, yeah, I yeah. haven't written lyrics. It's about uh, some guy not having much talent, I suppose. Cool, you're on three. Like, no. They, they did have depth attached back in the day, yeah. This just seems way too straightforward and, yeah, without any of the style to actually back it up either. Yeah, let's have another track. This is Slaves and Spit It Out. Sucking on a sour sweet Blisters on your tongue Sucking on a sour sweet Sitting on your thumb That was Slaves there. We just talked about the Pixies kind of losing it. These guys are just starting out. Do they have it? Well, a lot of people will stop you right there, Craig, because there's a, anytime this band is mentioned anywhere, generally, whether it's Twitter or whether it's other journalists or you know even obviously the horrible deep well that is YouTube comments, kind of like Viet Cong, a lot of people have taken serious objection to this band's name. They think that two white lads have no right to call themselves slaves, that it's an insult, it's racist, it's highly offensive. So what do we think? Is that is that generation outrage reaching? Or in this day and age, should you not be calling yourselves that if you're two white lads? Massive reach, I think. Such a it's reach. Just a word. Jesus, come on. Prince called himself a slave. Oh, I guess Prince was... A slave. Yeah. It's a slave to a record label. Are people going to be like complaining about girl band next? They they already do. They did. That was a huge thing when they first came out. Yeah. I thought it was just so you couldn't Google them. Well, no, 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 it was that continues to happen. That, like, the, I, I see that certainly uh, in the UK when they kind of moved went over to the UK and people they started getting a bit of press. Yeah, there was people a bit are of giving out about the name. Yeah, yeah. because they're like, it's there's no girls in this band, and they're called girl band, so they're not allowed appropriation. They, 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 uh, the concept they, of anything. They'd freak <laughs> out if they saw Magritte's The Treachery of Images, wouldn't they? Like, <laughs> there's a pipe there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the song, guys. What did we? Oh, think? they're going to call them the slaves. <laughs> the <laughs> heathers, the villagers. Um, do you know it's kind of good? Uh, it's a bit repetitive. There's not a lot to it. I do like you Pull know it up against the pixie song and track, and it's the better one. Yeah. Oh, of course, because yeah. there's an actual energy here. I mean, like yeah, slaves aren't a band that they haven't really won me over, but I, I, I don't find them as objectionable as everybody else. Uh, to me, they're a more enjoyable version of Sleaford Mods, I suppose. Uh, have they not getting, been getting that, good reviews? That's no? not disingenuous version. <laughs> <laughs> what disingenuous? They version. do. I, I, it's hit and miss though. Some yeah. people are, like are, are, like some people just won't go near them because of that name um, they had a song called The Hunter on their first record last year which is decent enough it's not exactly rewriting the rule book here it is what it is but yeah, I have the word serviceable yeah serviceable is perfect <laughs> it's like, there's, grand. there's energy here at least and I think you can, like it does sound like here's Black Francis sounds like a spent force here's two younger lads probably about 25 years younger I'm not really down with what they're saying, but, you know, at yeah, least there's a bit of fucking punch to there's it. There's energy, there's vibrancy. And, and there's some good imagery there, I think. They're kind of decent with a line now and yeah, then. Yeah, I, I, felt, I felt there was about three quarters of a good idea here. It yeah. was slightly undercooked, but, uh, but yeah, there, there's enough here to, yeah, it's fine. It's grand. Yeah, I didn't like it. <laughs> no, <laughs> nah, nah, that's not my bag, man. All I right, mean, you, well, said, you, you said uh, more, well, I, I, I prefer the Sleaford Mods. 
Do you? Yeah. Oh, I can't no. stand them. Really? I, th- I, th- I thought that Noel Gallagher summed it up perfectly where it's like a Viz cartoon. <laughs> yeah. Like just brown bottle shouting why someone with clear mental defects stands behind him. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's no, not I, forget I, that they also I'm, provided the vocals to the Prodigy's Ibiza, the single. Oh, yeah, my gosh. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but if you well, start, can't we start doing guilt by association, everyone's fucked, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, uh, no, I, ju- I, I just think they, just like the way the Bonnie Bear thing was something different, like, I mean, well, if you, you know. want me to offer you another song that you might not like, yeah. wrap your ears around this. It's One Republic <laughs> and Kid. Yeah, that's the new one from Ro- One Republic. Uh, slot somewhere in, I think, number six on my list of greatest songs called Kids. Behind <laughs> Sleigh Bells, Two Door Cinema Club, MGMT, Robbie and Kylie, and Childish Gambino. Uh, Toby, your take? Yeah, definitely second behind Robbie and Kylie. I love this song. I think really? it's great. Yeah, it really reminds me of Earth, Wind and Fire. I did not see that coming. I did not whatsoever. I don't believe it. Just a bit where he goes, hey, I thought it was like, hey, hey, <laughs> That's enough to kind of pu- push it over the edge for you. And I was like, yeah, sold, man, done. Yeah, no, it just doesn't work for me. I mean, I know you guys have a bit of a One Republic thing going on. Well, Brian Tedder is a bit of a genius. <laughs> In a well, certain, of a certain as, as very a specific thing, yeah. 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 Um, um, now, I, we've gone kind of from undercooked, as you say, with the last song, to just like so well produced and to within an inch of its life yeah, and yeah, so totally. cynically done. Uh, this this is the of, uncanny valley of pop music. It is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, We're mean, a long way from Apologize, a song that me and Craig, you know, put your hand in your heart. That was a great song. Sorry, great song. It is an amazing song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Colm's not on board. No? But yeah. he's kind of, uh, you know, Ryan Tedder is essentially, uh, I mean, he could be Scandinavian in terms of the way he works with pop music now. He just knows every kind of drop that he needs. Here's where the chorus should go. It's so finely tuned. And he just seems to have lost any kind of soul he had whatsoever. He's written for loads of people. He's clearly doing very well. I don't know why he needs One Republic, because what are they doing? It's, you know, it doesn't sound just like looking a after band his boys, probably, I presume. Yeah, um... But well, I if, didn't they can, if they can get Timberland on Apologize, they must have some uh, fancy daddy somewhere, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some fancy daddy, that's the only reason. That's the name of the album. Uh, this, actually, I haven't seen the video for this, but I'm going to presume it's one of the two uh, like identical yeah. package They'll templates. They'll be jumping videos. off sand dunes. Oh, yeah. I guarantee it. Like, yeah. I mean, the amount of times I, I can't get over like how often that video is out, where it's like, uh, here's an attractive guy, here's an attractive girl, They're either, like, they leave their car parked on the side of a mountain and they go yeah. for a wander. And there's a really conspicuous solar flare across the lens. Oh my God, lens flare. Yeah. Yeah. No, to me, like, this song is lens flare. I think even the, the cover art for the CD has lens flare. It's like J.J. Abrams stepped in and was like, I can make this look really good, guys. I can make this pop. Uh, look, I've said before, I don't mind manufactured pop as long as the as long as the end product is good. This to me is just, as Craig says, it's too much. Yeah, I, I, was, I was lying when I said I liked it. But what? I mean, I've, just, I've just betrayed. I should have said. No, I don't know I what to think of anything you said so far. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. It, it has like... that kind of repetitive synth thing that I think Coldplay were going for in their last record with their kind of big summer jams. It sounds eerily like that terrible song with that terrible video with the dancing monkeys um but then there's no chorus there's no payoff there's no kind of oh here's a hook that just despite myself i love it just feels very flat or something there's nothing to it it's not about anything it shouldn't exist (laughs) so it's a track that didn't do much for us will our album this week fare any better it's the fourth full-length record from jamie t it's called trick it sounds like this Yeah, that's Power Over Men. It's the latest single from Jamie T, taken from his album Trick. We've been giving it a spin for the last week, and uh, some unimpressed faces around this. Table. One of the most distinctive voices in British music. Personally, I expect more. It's true, and you know what? I've got to be honest and say that 
I expected more and I was hoping for more. I think it was more hope than expectation, to be perfectly honest. Partially because I was going to have to listen to the album a bunch. And partially because I can remember 10 or 11 years ago when Jamie T was like an exciting thing. Sure. It's very ironic that... Has it been that long? It yeah, is. 2007 and was when his debut know, album you know came what? out. So. That's not 10 or 11 years ago. It's fucking weird that I can do this before. right <laughs> now today. Because it was Toby that introduced me to Jamie T. It would have been... Dun, dun, yes, dun. It would have been like playing Sheila on MTV2 on like yeah. 120 minutes and shit. Yeah. And and it's funny because I listened to this album, and then I was like, I used to listen to Jamie T years ago, and I went back, and it was yeah, like ten years ago. And I'll probably get to this in a bit, but I listened to this album, and I was like, oh, I remember like Jamie T being adventurous and uh, exciting, and I went back and listened to uh, a lot of the stuff like Sticks and Stones, things like that, and it was actually. I just had terrible taste 10 years ago. Um, and I realized that. I mean, Sheila's a banger. It's got that weird, like, high-pitched organ thing. That's fine. All the others, it's, uh, like, across the board, like, terrible. And I'm ashamed of myself. I must say, I did go back and listen to some old Jamie T. And, yeah, there's certainly a, a time and place thing involved, yeah. I feel. It's not unlike now for some people when you go back and listen to The Streets or, indeed, yeah, when sure. Mike Skinner makes new music and you're like, no, holy shit. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. thought this really worked, but yeah. it actually doesn't. Yeah. Time and place. But, man, I think time is the ultimate killer for this album. I get the feeling that it's been worked over and over and over again, that any yeah. semblance of an idea has just got lost in the wash. It's, it's very busy. There's a lot going on. I mean, we first heard uh, Tinfoil Boy. We talked about it on this, and we're just like, "What the hell is he oh. doing?" That where it just slams in. You're like, "Okay, no, I'm not sure. It's I'm not it's sure what he's going into for." Shikari or yeah. something. It, it, like. Well, it's it's got like I, I like what struck me was that it was like really confused at points. I was it sounded like it was Uncle. Obviously, it sounded a lot like the fucking Arctic Monkeys. Like other points, it sounded like you know every other kind of like semi like orchestral fucking pop act that's going on and. Yeah, it's totally uh, identityless. I think, in a lot of ways. I want to get to the, the song titles in a bit when we get to that. Well, before we do, egregious. I, I want to look at the press release, because I always enjoy a good, bad press release. And this one says that Trick is the kind of brave and eclectic rock-slash-punk-slash-reggae-slash-rap-slash-pop celebration that only Jamie T could make. Inspired by claustrophobic London summers, the album is a proud, punchy summing up of all Jamie's unique signatures. Clash-like anthems, youthful reminiscence, high-speed raps, earworm choruses, and snarky humour. You see, here's the thing now. I will say that two parts of that make sense. First of all, the, the end of the very last sentence there of earworm choruses and snarky humour, those are the two things that you probably could have hung on Jamie T when he was at his best. Yeah, definitely. And both of them are completely absent in this album. Definitely. The second one that that press release seems to nail is rock slash punk slash reggae slash rap slash pop. Which, yeah... I think the idea is that they're not all meant to go on at the same time. That's across 12 rem- songs as well. It reminds no me of when Skipple? Tracy Morgan in 30 Rock tries to write, yeah. you know, the most popular song in the world by taking the most used words <laughs> and the five most used genres of music and just putting them all together. But I think once you get past that first song, Tinfoil Boy, and Drone Strike, which is similar again, and you're just like, I, w- I want to turn this off. A legitimate contender for the worst song of the year. Yeah, and I know I said that a lot, but Drone Strike is really, like the, the, really bad. The really <laughs> insulting thing about drone strike and this is what i got from listening to it is it's called drone strike it's not actually about drone strikes the drones he's talking about are drones of mindless people which is doubly insulting because you can't really name a song drone strike and have it not about you know the the murdering of civilians he went the matt bellamy way there (laughs) but i was gonna say after those two tracks you know we go into the single we just heard and it gets very clashy i mean he is doing all this other stuff but it's kind of like if the clash existed now and they were falling apart and they were just trying loads of shit reggae and they're releasing a bloated like you know four side album this was this would be the really crappy stuff that was on it um pair of men sounds like a lash out of its b-side it almost sounds like what Miracle Liner would you know would have been at one stage, in that you're like, and that's you know I like Miracle Liner because it grew me, but like ultimately it's just so you mentioned Arctic Monkeys earlier on, it's that kind of very you know identical formulaic sound that there's not really much reaching going on there. It'll, this will do, you know. Before we start breaking down uh, song by song, as it were, or indeed breaking down emotionally as we're forced to relive the experience of listening to this album, Toby, you wanted to talk about the song titles. Um, okay. 
Um, I don't know. Can, you probably can like uh, find the song titles when you're listening online. I'm just sitting in a room reading this off a piece of paper. Um, Old school. Okay. Uh, if you're ever in a students' union and someone uh, goes up at the open mic night, and for some reason, despite them being their own songs, at a student mic night, student open mic night, they still bring up a set list. If you brought it down, it would look exactly like the track list to Jamie T's new album. I mean, Joan of Arc, Dragon Bones. Crossfire Love. I mean, he's just putting qualifiers over nouns, and it's an absolute... Crossfire Love is razor light when they were falling apart. And it's just like, this is going to be our big like, hit, man. Like Crossfire e- Love. Ev- <laughs> everything is like, okay, I'm thinking of uh, police tapes, uh, Dragon Bones, uh, Robin Hood. Like, yeah. I'm it, pretty it, sure Solomon Eagle actually plays for the Chicago Bears. Oh, yeah? Uh, no, not oh. really, but it sounds like he could, doesn't it? So- yeah. Sounds like a superhero. The other thing I want to say, though, is that he uses these qualifiers to invoke, like, something bad. Tinfoil boy, right? Tesco land. Tinfoil, massively important, okay? Like, what's wrong with that? And Tesco, if you didn't have Tesco, you'd be having to go and buy everything in the corner shop where everything's at least 20% more expensive. Tesco provides a service, and I'm sick of all these overindulged assholes just saying, oh, it's symptomatic of, like, a social decay. Like, Tesco's... Useful. If it wasn't useful, people wouldn't use it. Fuck you, Jamie T. You buy all your shit wholesale organic. You know I what? actually like Tesco Land, by the way. Really? Thought, oh, yeah, no, yeah. no, no, it's because, a bad uh, Because I read an interview with him, and actually, first of all, lyrically, he's not kind of slagging off Tesco's, so you, calm down, it's all right. He was talking about how when he went to America, he just couldn't break it, and his manager said, oh, they don't get, like, you know, Tesco and your irony and your, you know, your British sense of humor. He's like, well, that's bullshit. So it's almost like a parody of him trying to do, like, a Frank Turner this is like our big Bruce Springsteen thing, but it's set in England. You see, here's like, I think the thing. I think sometimes his humor saves a lot of this stuff. There's flashes of him being like what he used to be. I thought Solomon Eagle was a good track, actually. And there's one or two other things that nearly half redeem maybe the second half of the record. Yeah, I mean, I thought there was like some sort of kind of pop merit about one or two of those later tracks. All right, Robin Hood again. And like he's an interesting guy. You kind of you're kind of willing for him. Like he never seems too cringy. Do you know what I mean? Well, a lot of that kind oh, of London thing. I, I think he gets away there. with it more than more than a lot of his kind of contemporaries. You are. see, the thing is, and like I said earlier, I mean, you look at a song like Tesco Land, and it raises the question: Yeah, like was it a good idea at one time? Like, is there the kernel of a good song there? that ended up getting messed up with his sort of yeah. kitchen sink approach yeah, to production and all the rest, or you know, was a kind of a mess from the start. But like, it's. Uh, I think. I think the thing with this guy is, it's saying it's his fourth album. Like, I, I mean, mm-hmm. like when I listened to it back in the Halcyon days, Colin. When I listened to Jamie T, it. Uh, you know, like what was endearing was his youthfulness and stuff. Not every artist needs to mature. Like, you know, it's this idea that every artist needs a multi-album deal, you know? Maybe some people just make one good album. Maybe what made them special is that, you know, they were young and they had an attitude and that doesn't progress when you become 10 years older and you start voting Lib Dems or whatever yeah. the Jamie T's done, you know? No, you're absolutely <laughs> right, yeah. And, and you have to wonder as well, yeah, of, of what sort of drive he's had because I know he took a, a long hiatus between album two and two and three. Yeah, I think his, um, his parents were extremely ill and stuff. He's possibly. also talked about you know having social anxiety to quite a massive effect, and it's great to see him overcoming these barriers in his personal life. But you just kind of feel like that should result in a better creative spurt, but it doesn't seem to. This well, one just is so by the numbers, and I feel like I, I don't think it's by the numbers. Though. It is that's by the, the thing. Numbers. It's just a no, mess. It, it, like it, it, it's again, not by the numbers. As I said last week with the Dillinger Escape Plan, like. What sort of fucked up numbers would yeah. they be if this was painting by them? But uh, like the irony of like whether whether he is or whether he isn't slagging off you know commercial shopping chains, this is what you would expect to find in a fucking bargain bin. Yeah. It's just really okay if not if not by numbers, it's plain. It's very forgettable. It's also by forty eight minutes feels like a, a lot longer. It than feels that. like a lot longer. Than the album minutes. appears yeah. to end about four times before it does. You're like, well, that's clearly the last track and not a bad ending. Oh, here's another one. Oh, here's another one. Oh, Christ! It's Lord of the Rings: Return of the King here. Uh, I've never understood the argument that Jamie T is the voice of a generation. I see people venerate this guy, and I see them do it in such a capacity where I'm like, are you fucking serious? Like, am I, am I, am I, am really? I, oh, yeah. I'm like, like people still. Yes, I don't get it. I really don't get it. And I wonder, like. 
will this album be the one people people kind of like you know like the the curtain comes down and like they're like oh okay yeah no you know what no no he he really it doesn't have much to say well again i guess a bit like myself and toby have sort of discussed i think maybe they have 2007 jmt on that pedestal and uh yeah, some things just. I can understand why he was really the great. I can understand why he was the great white hope for, for a lot of people, especially back then. And you know, you had the likes of you know Jack Pinata as your kind of contemporaries. Oh God, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could tell you understand why Jamie T would be a very attractive proposition. And I wonder for those fans who were there at the very very start, if you're still there now, are you dyed in the wool, or you know, would you have the kind of, you know, would you have the courage of your convictions to? Except that he's just not that good. Well, he's playing the Olympia Theatre on September 27th, so we should get, we'll an idea. <laughs> should get an idea of what sort of following he still retains on that night. Yeah. I think there's still hope for him. I think there's, there's flashes all there. Get ideas. Yeah. Yeah. In the meantime, uh, we can give this album a score. And Dave? Two out of ten. I'm going to go 5.5, maybe. There's Great hard. feeling generous. Yeah. I'm going three. I'm going to do a three as well. Yeah, it's an album with very few redeeming features. Jamie T's trick. Okay, that does it for this week. And I'd like to thank Toby Carr for coming in. Thank you and God bless you. I'm glad that you and Cullum could rekindle childhood. This is just the start, man. (laughs) I hope so. I hope so. He's going to oust Cullum when Cullum goes to Electric Picnic and doesn't show up for that one week. I'm going to guest at Picnic, man. (laughs) I want to see Toby Carr interviewing Cullum Regan. That's what I want to see. I've done that before as well. Predictably a disaster, I guess. <laughs> um, so and Craig, good to see you as always. You too, man. I'm going to go listen to some Jamie T songs. <laughs> report back <laughs> and re- with your findings. Yeah, it's a bit late to report back. Yeah, like you know, we literally just reviewed. <laughs> we the can album. talk about them every week. How about that? Call them. Cheers, bro. Try and uh, try and keep some pep in your step with no Olympic Games to uh, to distract you. I'm sure I'll hold it together. And of course, uh, as always, my name is Dave Henry. There will be no encore. This has been no encore. And to play us out this week, we have raised in Galway, but currently spending her time between Dublin and London on the gigging front. Maya Sophia has been described in such vice-friendly terms as Kate Bush on acid and has drawn comparisons to the likes of Mazzy Starr, PJ Harvey and Sid Barrett. Her latest track is a delicate showcase of a spirit and individual voice. And she plays the Slaughtered Lamb in London on September the 8th, the Bella Bar here in Dublin on the 13th, and she'll also be playing as uh, part of this year's Just Announced Hardworking Class Heroes Festival. This is Maya Sophia, and this is Stains. Catch you guys next week.
This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. It is an encore. There's an encore every week. (laughs) (laughs) This isn't just basketball. This is the NBA playoffs. And with William Hill Sportsbook, you can dial up the playoff intensity from the palm of your hand. Just download the William Hill mobile app and your first bet of up to $500 is risk-free using promo code RADIORF. New users only. Must be 21 years or older and present in Virginia to bet. Paid in free bets. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call, text, or chat our confidential and toll-free helpline at 1-888-532-3500. William Hill Sportsbook. Proud partner of the NBA. Let's make it interesting. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to Quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.